You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. And of course, all of that introduction means it is time for us, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith in the friendly confines back at Timbergate Golf Course, Edinburgh, Indiana. Yes, sir. It's good to be back, as they say, when you're off gallivanting about. We always break in the next show with "It's good to be back." Not whether that's a lie or the truth. <laughs> you You'll know? never know. Look, dude, I was in Hilton Head for a week. Did you get to play any golf down there, Hilton Head? He has stupidly. <laughs> Who are you talking to? The golf, the, land the, golf, the best golf courses his, around. I know. All the, just the, the golf right pro and the, in the face and the and the former collegiate champion wife. Does she play from the same tees you do, or does she go to the red no, tees? No, she goes and plays the normal men's tees. Okay. 6,500-yard golf course. Okay. Sometimes she'll sneak on some of the longer par fours. She'll sneak up one to the senior tees. And how badly does she kick your butt? You know, she doesn't play much anymore, which is kind of a good thing for me. (laughs) (laughs) So... So kind of 50, 50, huh? Gotcha. Gotcha. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, look, there's an eclipse over there. And she, <laughs> you know, and I move her ball into the rough or something, or, you know, step on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, a pelican. <laughs> yes. Swing quickly. That alligator's on the way. Exactly. Right. <laughs> that is one of the fun parts of playing in Hilton Head. However, it is the wildlife. It is. It is. It is. The you know, part of the wildlife stuff. down there is not so good, and they're called no see them. <laughs> yeah. And they're these little sand gnats, sand fleas, whatever, but they live in the ground, and they come up when you go hit a shot, and they just buzz around your head, get in your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, ever, just they just yeah. nail you. Yeah. And sometimes the no see are so bad, you can see them. <laughs> it's only when they congregate in groups of a hundred or more <laughs> exactly and then all of a sudden you can see them yeah that's that's not fog those are bugs uh and and then of course you go from the sublime no to the ridiculous palmetto bugs which are basically flying cockroaches big enough to saddle but those we need awesome we need to get into that at the moment we do have a guest and we will be bringing him on when we come right back and it's uh it's, it's something that's going to be fun for everybody. Hopefully fun for him, too. <laughs> but the jury's still out on that. We are those weekend golf guys, and we will be right back. If you owe the IRS 10000 or more in taxes, please listen to this important message. The IRS is aggressively hiring and quickly ramping up their tax collection team. Act now and protect yourself with a call to Tax Alliance. Don't let the money you owe the IRS keep you up at night and ruin your life. You may be surprised at how much having Tax Alliance on your side can protect you from the IRS collections and help you save thousands on what you owe. Here's what a customer had to say. Tax Alliance did an amazing job helping me through a quite difficult situation, saving me tens and thousands of dollars that I would have been paying for many years to come. Tax Alliance is rated A-plus with a Better Business Bureau with no consumer complaints. If you owe the IRS at least $10,000 or more in back taxes, have unfiled returns, or have a payment plan and are still frustrated, call Tax Alliance now for a free consultation. 800-987-1097. 800-987-1097. That's 800-987-1097. Tax Alliance, your tax resolution solution. 
All right, we are back, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. We promised a guest. We have a guest. I want to set this up. Got an email, and a gentleman said that uh, he had been listening to us and listened to a few shows, and he had heard the If You Think You Stink episode. Oh, yeah. And it changed his life. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Craig Burton, how are you, sir? Ah, doing just fine. It's wonderful here in Greeley, Colorado today. No snow yet in Greeley? No snow yet. Cold temperatures in the morning, but the sun's out and about 60 today. Oh, okay. So you could play golf if you wanted to. I am hoping to get uh, a quick nine in in the afternoon. All righty then. That's Craig, crazy. I have a question because you're from Greeley, Colorado. I have been to uh-huh. Greeley, Colorado. It's been many, many years. We went on a little sightseeing expedition one time, wound up in Greeley, Colorado, and we got chased out of town by some. Really? Some god awful smell that oh yeah yeah old town that's still going on but they have got a filter on the incinerator so it has gotten a lot better but yeah well it would have to that. that was pretty yeah. hideous stuff there well, what was it? it it was uh the burning of the byproducts from processing beef and cattle ah yeah uh, I can imagine the, yeah they got a big plant here we're uh a college cow town so that's uh basically what it is but we've been here for over 20 years and absolutely loved it and uh plan on staying mm. well that i was wondering because if you said you're from Greeley, i'm wondering if you can smell anything like do people like who lose their sense of smell do they just go to Greeley, colorado and it doesn't matter <laughs> but doesn't now matter. You're they got no. a filter on the thing now so that's good <laughs> yeah yeah i think they uh the city uh put the clamp down on that one so you it's very rare that we get that smell anymore very cool that's good because it was but i hope you enjoyed your time while you were here well it was kind of hard to tell (laughs) (laughs) this is the shortest trip you're gonna think about (laughs) so craig have you had a problem of overthinking oh yeah oh yeah i've been playing golf off and on for the last uh Oh gosh, 40 years or so. But man, when I listened to that, that was just like, I got to get back out on the, the, uh, course and, uh, just get up there, stop thinking about it and just in- increase my love and passion to get out and play. So I made a goal to myself after I'm done on work on Mondays, I'm going to go nine holes at least two days uh, or two uh, weeks a month right now. All right. Wow. Good for you. Get the well, get the clubs back out of the garage, dust them off, and uh, you know what you're going to find is you're going to find that that you're going to have to come up with excuses to get new clubs soon. I will have to do that, <laughs> and I don't mind doing that. <laughs> There's a group of us. We play in a scramble for a local charity, and uh, we uh, we've been doing this for oh gosh, seven eight years, and we we never win, and. Uh, then I found out, wow, you can buy a bunch of these strings and yeah. over-the-shoulder things. And so I spent 100 bucks on a bunch of them, and we won the tournament that game. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's funny how that works. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the, next, the next year, so I Did you win your 100 bucks back in the gift certificates? Yeah, they, would, they, they wouldn't sell me the string, man. I bought 100 yards the first year there, and now they won't sell any of that anymore. <laughs> 
But it's a lot of fun. I love doing those parody things. And we played in a scramble that did that string thing. One of the guys we played with, he said, you know, (laughs) and he took and he took the string and he pulled it apart. Because it was wound with like five or six oh, different no, strands. Really? Yes, he did. So he bought one length, but he used it multiple times. Multiple strands. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's wow. good thinking there. That's, that's a whole new level of cheating right there. Boys. That's desperation is what that is, man. <laughs> Let's hope they didn't shoot even par doing that. <laughs> And then cheating, I, I told you once about playing in a, in a, a scramble here. And then the, uh, I was on the radio at the time and they, they put us with the mayor of the town that we were playing the scramble in. So asking, oh, no yeah, asked the mayor uh, who, who he thought was going to win. And he said, the cops. And I said, why are they that good? He said, no, they cheat. <laughs> and I said, well, you're the mayor. Can't you pull rank? He says, man, I got to drive in this town too. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. So we just kind of, yeah. we, we were playing for second place, but you know, playing as scrambles to win is, I mean, that's, that's not really, cause you, you always get the team that shows up and shoots the 51, you know? Yeah. Before X jocks. You yeah. know, I, I've been that, I've been on that team. They, they show up to, to win the square, the charity thing. And sometimes depending on how big the, the tournament pot is, right we'll put together the team to win so we can donate all that money to the charity. Right. Because we know if some other batch of cheaters gets it, they're doing it for the purpose of keeping the prizes. (laughs) So we decided to out cheat the cheaters so that the charity actually got to keep the money. You cheat, but only, but only for philanthropic purposes. Well, you know, the the funny thing was, is the guy even had, (laughs) <laughs> these t-shirts made up cheaters for charity <laughs> like okay so we stack the team we play well we win the thing and we give them the money <laughs> okay so you could say we have an altruistic goal but yeah eating for charity there we go <laughs> we do bad but we do it for good <laughs> All right. And it did work though. You did win. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty nice. It was a, a pretty legitimate 54. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, there wasn't any string and there wasn't any, these, those, and thems. And you know, you get, you get to buy some, uh, you get to buy some mulligans and stuff like that. Eat a piece of candy whenever you get a mulligan. We didn't do No, we didn't do that. (laughs) We just went out there and played hard. Yeah. Yeah. We always yeah, we played the correct set of tees because you know the the tournament we were talking about was one where a lot of good players show up, so okay. they don't do all the gimmicky things. Okay, yeah. And everybody tries to put together a good team. It's kind of like uh, where people try to get together with um, they 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 get together and they make this Calcutta, you know, and they all put some guys together that think they can get it all done and win a bunch of money. Well, mm-hmm. we did the same thing except we were doing it because. It was it was raising money for the the kids program the 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 kids uh, junior golf program in the area so it was pretty oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. It was cheating for charity. Cheating for charity worked out yeah. great. That's awesome. It is indeed. Yeah, the the whole idea of a golf scramble is getting out of hand. I think with the with the games that are are added. 
the the one thing that uh, we have done with some of the charity uh, scrambles that we have been associated with is a heckle hole. That is We're, so much fun. On a par three, Craig's what we do is we bring in a comedian. And the comedian oh and the comedian sits on the tee and goes, Don Rickles on you. Unless, oh unless of course, you make a contribution to the cause, at which point he will shut up. But now we had a comedian last time who opened bidding. He was very smart. He said, yes, I will stop heckling you for $20 donation. Unless, of course, one of your teammates gives me a $30 donation to continue heckling <laughs> you. <laughs> The man raised a ton of money. <laughs> That's was, good marketing. And it was fun. It was really, really fun. I so. think that I think what I want to do is just go record the guy yeah. <laughs> and just give it, you know, because it just gives you so much, so much material to work with when you're with your buddies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the guys get into it too. You know, the, the, the other three in the foursome will, will start piling on uh, the guy who's getting picked on. And uh, it, it gets to be real fun and uh, a lot of uh, audience participation. And sometimes it gets a little, you know, people with, uh, you know, people who, who are easily hurt start to cry sometimes. But, you know, that's, that's okay. <laughs> we used to call them softies. Now we got different words. Yeah. <laughs> None of which we can say on the radio. <laughs> Craig Burden from... Um, Greeley, Colorado, a listener, uh, a, a fan, and somebody who actually paid attention to some of the stuff Jeff said. And we're going to jump into that and talk about what he heard and what it did for him when we come right back. So hang with us. We are those weekend golf guys. You should not move. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Generic Sildenafil allows you to save up to $650 on Viagra. Why pay name brand prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get the same results for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 50 generic Sildenafil pills for just $99. Call 800-705-4051. That's 800-705-4051. Again, 800-705-4051. If you love finding those hidden gems for a golf getaway, we have your next great discovery, French Lick Resort. Their Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses have been ranked number one and two in Indiana for 11 years in a row by Golf Week. Plus, you can hit the casino for the sports book and live dealer table games. There is a ton of ways to play here. Go to FrenchLick.com to get started on a getaway of your own. Think French Lick for your next road trip. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And we are back to this weekend, golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, Craig Burden from uh, Greeley, Colorado. And thanks, Craig, for uh, waking up uh, a couple hours earlier than uh, than we are here in the East. We appreciate you being around for us, and and thanks for uh, for reaching out and, and talking to us. It was great to hear how um, actually the stuff that Jeff says some people actually take to heart. It surprises yeah, me, I mean- to be honest, but you know. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I originally heard you, uh, John, on uh, Coast to Coast a few months ago, mm-hmm. uh, sharing a story from your past. And then you started talking about golf. And I was like, I got to get a hold of this podcast. And man, it has just changed my golf life. Fantastic. Fantastic. We're going to have to, of course, 
we have your permission to use that particular sentence in all of our marketing promotional materials from this point forward, right? You feel free to do that. Just send me some cigars. <laughs> cigars. Love it. Yeah, do you want Ashton's? I'm well connected. I'll take it. You know, the, my favorite cigar is the one I'm smoking. So right. I got you. That's all I need. I, I spent some time in the, uh, uh, was it the Macanudo bus? Okay. That, that travels uh-huh. around it. It comes to town here in Louisville during the Kentucky Derby week. And um, they were explaining to me how the Macanudos were, uh, were created in the Dominican Republic and rolled on the thighs of virgins. <laughs> I didn't believe them, but I figured, you know, it makes a good story. Makes a good story. <laughs> so has anything improved that markedly or, or, Something that you're you're, you know, you're keeping track of in your game. It's my mental focus. Uh, literally, I, I get my hand placement, face club, and uh, where uh, my feet are at, and then, you know, a third of a second later, it the ball's gone, and uh, it's gone a lot straighter. Uh, I still have some things to work on, but in the spring, I made a commitment to uh, get with one of our local pros and take some lessons and. I just want to improve, but at the same time, I don't want to lose the fun of the game. Yeah. Yeah. That, so, that whole, and let, let's just recap. The The episode was, if you think you stink and you can go back, it was about, what, about uh, six weeks ago, I think. You can go yeah. back at thoseweekendgolfguys.com and you can check it out. And um, Jeff, do you want to encapsulate what what the, the crux of the that yeah, hour there, was? There was a lot of things that we said in that episode. But if you think about how the mind can just basically terrorize you as a golfer, John, you know, go mm-hmm. remember, you know, your own rounds of golf, mm-hmm. Greg, go remember your own past rounds of golf where your mind was just sitting there thinking you're standing over your shot and you're trying to create something in your head that gives you motion thoughts, like got to move the club here, got to move the club there. What do I have to do to start my downswing? You know, you know, what do I what do I got to do at the top of my backswing? Do I need to kick my knee in? Do I need to wiggle my toes? Do I need to squeeze my rear end cheeks together? What, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that people just start wrecking themselves with. Right. Yeah. And you know, and they just can't simplify things enough to just say, Hey, look, dude, my target is over there and I'm aimed at it. The ball positions right smack in the middle. I'm good to go. Let's go smack at it, right? Let's check the hands, the club face. You see all those prep things, and then you go, all right, I'm going to look at my target. I'm going to hit it. Because the people who will constantly think about the movements that they're about to make in a second on the way back or a little less than that, and then you know, like a third of a second to a quarter of a second on the way down, and they're actually thinking that they're trying to think their way through those motor patterns, yeah, that ain't going to happen. Right. You know, I mean, as the, the, the video says on YouTube, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, I mean, let's just, let's understand things to be really simple. In any athletic endeavor that we are doing, could you imagine trying to think your way through the motion of just walking? Yeah. Do I lean my chest forward first? <laughs> do I pick up my heel on my left foot first and then do I flex my left knee first and, or what's the order in which those things happen? How about the swinging of my arms or the possibility of moving my finger? 
What is it that instigates this action? What a moronic thing to do. Mm-hmm. But yet we put a ball in our hand and we pick it back and we rear back and we throw it. And we don't think about what instigates those actions, but we stand there with a golf club in our hand and we go, ah, uh, what has to happen first? Yeah. Wait a minute. Really? Yep. Come on. This, yeah. this is the, the crux of the issue there, John, is what we talked about. Saying, what are we doing to ourselves? Why would we abuse ourselves in that way? We beat ourselves up over the dumbest little things. I didn't do this right. Or I didn't do that right. They're, they're forgetting completely about the simplicity of the motion. To rear back, swing it through the spot on the ground that the ball sits on with a club face pointed at their target. And they forget about all that stuff for a little bit. And then they beat themselves up over something. Cause the ball didn't go, wasn't flush, wasn't perfect. So I didn't do this and I didn't do that. I didn't keep this there or I didn't keep that straight or I didn't whatever. And well, it's like, we're, we're this walking excuse factory with, with a, a red hot button on the front of us. That's like ready to be pushed all the time. Well, let me, let me just jump in. <clears throat> Excuse me. One thing that I have to say is that nobody has tried to make walking difficult. There haven't been 157,412 books written on how to walk. There have been on how to swing a golf club. Isn't that amazing? It's yeah. part of the culture, isn't it? Yeah. Nobody has told me that there are walk thoughts that I have to have in my head before I can get from point A to point B. But I have been told there are swing thoughts that I have to have in order to hit a golf ball correctly. So somebody along the line, some bodies along the line, I think have consciously made this appear much more difficult than it needs to be. I agree with you that you're right. Somebody has made it. Um, I don't. I don't want to say purposely made it more complex. I think they were trying to delve into it, and I think that's still what's going on today: is to find out exactly what are some of the factors of our motion. Oh, for example, our physical structure is a factor, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's say, John, you're you're just a guy that maybe he's got a got a I don't know. Maybe he's a 36 to 44 waist guy. Maybe he's that guy. You weren't going to say, maybe he's a guy who hasn't seen his feet in 20 years. You weren't going to say that, weren't you? I was really hedging against saying it that way. Or the guy who needs a mirror to see his kneecaps or something like that. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. But that, but that guy's not going to move the same as the guy who can look straight down and see the top of his feet. And he can even see his ankles. Yeah. You're right. Those things aren't going to happen the same way. But yet here we are writing books and talking about them in, in a way that other people read and, you know, Craig reads and he hears information about golf and it gets into his head and John reads and he hears information about golf and it gets into his head. And next thing you know, you hear it from one viewpoint and it sounds like it's gotta be that way. And you hear it from another point viewpoint, it's gotta be this way. And you're like, wait a minute. What if it could be? whatever you can physically do and repeat and find natural and easy for your body. That's when your brain starts to go, Hey, this is easy. 
and then the thoughts go away. Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to do something with your mind and make your body do something because you read some little bit of information somewhere, and that doesn't even jive with how you physically move well, and you, you actually have to give active thought to trying to put your hand and club in this certain place back here or whatever to get it to start from a certain place, you got to realize that's coming off different. And that's not going to help you at all because then your brain starts to go haywire. And then all of a sudden you start thinking all this stuff and that's when you start to think right there. And when you think you stink, you think now I'm going to give my buddy, uh, our friend of the show, uh, Mr. John Dunnigan, Mm -hmm. um, world-class teacher, world-class top 100 teacher, top 50 teacher, um, credit for you think you stink. Okay. Used with permission. He uses it all the time. So do I. Uh I stole it from him. And now I'm (laughs) broadcasting it all over the area. So I'm giving him credit. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Things people do so they don't get sued. That's wonderful. No, he's a good friend. And he deserves all the credit in the world for coming up with something that simple. Yeah. That everybody can get. You think you stink. Yeah. And it's once you realize, and Craig, I probably... And when we come back in the next segment, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I'm going to ask you a few questions about this, but I, I have found that once you realize that you can boil it down to one thing, and that is hitting the golf ball in the center of the golf club. That's all you need to do. Yep. If you can do that, and if you have a guy like Jeff or somebody, like you say, you're going to take some lessons this spring from one of your local pros, you have a guy who can show you how to do that, then you don't have to think about all this other crap. No, nope. You just get yourself ready. You get confident in your ability. And once you're confident, it's just like, okay, I can do this. Yeah, you may, you may skull it. You may shank it. You know, you may still have some pulls to the left or slices to the right. but. You know, stuff happens. Yeah. All right. So when we come right back, we are going to discuss with Craig some some specifics about what he's done, what he's seen, what his plans are, all because he heard one little episode with a good line that you can repeat. If you think, you stink. John Dunnigan, thank you for uh, used with permission or without permission, just used. But it's a great line, John. Keep coming up with them. We'll be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Paid for by government.com. The 1878 to 1921 Morgan Silver Dollar, a true American classic and one of the most iconic silver dollar coins in history. It's been 100 years since the last Morgan Silver Dollar coin was struck for circulation. And now, for a limited time only, full pound bags of original U.S. government struck Morgan dollars are being released to the public. That's right. You can own a full pound of 1878 to 1921 classic American Morgan Silver Dollar coins, all in very good collector condition with fully visible dates and mint 
trademarks, guaranteed. Call 1-800-473-1745 now to secure collector-grade U.S. Morgan Silver Dollars by the pound, struck during the Wild West and the Gilded Age. Plus, receive a bonus American Collector's Pack, valued at over $25, free with every order. Call 1-800-473-1745 now to secure your full pound bag of Morgan Silver Dollar coins before they are gone. 1-800-473-1745. That's 1-800-473-1745. And we are back again, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here, Jeff Smith there, and of course, uh, back home again in Indiana. We have a guest with us on the show, Craig Burden from uh, Greeley, Colorado. And you were listening to uh, to our buddy, um, yeah, my good friend Connie, Connie Willis, on uh, the weekend version of Coast to Coast. She had me on as a guest uh, when she was living here in Louisville, and we were both radio people together. We used to play golf together a lot. She's a great oh, lady. Nice. And uh, you you heard you heard about you heard me on her show, and uh, and yep. thanks for following uh, following on getting getting excited enough to uh, to check out thoseweekendgolfguys.com and listen a little bit. So what what's your first impression when you heard Jeff, man? You know what uh, sticks out to me? You made an illustration, Jeff, about picking up a pat- basketball, and you don't think you've been trained, gave some instructions by somebody. You just pick it up and you shoot. You don't think about rolling your fingers or anything. You just go out there and <clears throat> do what you know that you can do. And, uh, man, I'd, I'd get up there. I'd, it'd take me two or three minutes before I'd swing the club. And uh, you guys really helped me just stop overthinking it and get up there and do it and learn from it and go from there. Enjoy the game. You took it to heart, man. That's a great thought, right? Enjoy the game. That's what we're doing. That's it. It's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be frustrating. Exactly. You know. So, yeah, I I thoroughly enjoy you guys. You guys do a great job. Thank you, sir. You know, Craig, when you would go out and play, you know, you sound an awful lot like a lot of the players that I've talked to that just, have a lot of stuff rolling around in their head. What kind of stuff was rolling around in your head? You know, if you say, hey, it took me, you know, a couple minutes to swing it, you know, I'm sure that the people you played with were probably, you know, one and done. You know, right. Like, oh, God, I can't play with yep. this guy anymore. <laughs> right. You know, gosh, I got that ball too high on the tee. I better put it a little bit lower. Adjust it a couple times. Got my feet. Oh, let's, let's, Let's move forward a little back, do uh, five or six swings. By the time I got all that, ball was going all over the place. And uh, very frustrating. Every now and then, maybe one out of ten shots was a good one. And uh, I was like, God, just not enjoying this. It's so frustrating. And uh, it's just I heard you guys podcast, and that changed my mind thought. And uh, now I just get up there, get set, and swing away. and. There's something that I noticed. Oh, okay. I'll try that next time I'm up with the club or driving. And uh, it just changed my mental focus. And hence the way you play. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, tell me what goes on now. And then uh, I set the ball on the tee, look at my feet, look down at where I'm envisioning it to go, 
and uh, do that third, second swing and uh, go from there. Love it. Love it. So some of the players that I work with sometimes, I'll put them on the clock, you know, and I'll say, hey, you got yourself three seconds to settle in over that ball. And then after that, that ball better be in the air in two seconds. Yeah. And all of a sudden they feel rushed. Like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. Oh no, you're putting pressure on me. Oh, you're putting pressure on me. About the third or fourth one, all of a sudden they've made their little routine because I'm standing back there going three, two, one, go. And next thing you know, they've made themselves do that. And by the third or fourth hole that we do this, because we just take them to the golf course, put them in that scenario, all of a sudden they're calm now. First couple of holes, they're still a little bit of antsy, right? They're feeling like, oh my gosh, dude, time pressure, sure. time pressure. Oh my gosh. Next thing you know, they've developed a little routine. They'll sit over there and they'll practice one or two and they'll do it in their head. And then I got them saying it on their practice swings. They'll count three, two, one, go. And next thing you know, I've made a simpler mind, a faster golfer, and they hit way better golf shots. Because yeah. they're using numbers and they're not using thoughts about what's the ball position, what's this, what's that. I get them a better setup to begin with. And then all of a sudden I take those thoughts away by going, hey, look, let's just put it on time. Three, two, one, go. It's a little countdown. Boom. Rocket shift takes off. Done. Next thing you know, their balls are going better. Like I said, by the third, fourth hole, all of a sudden they're into this routine. And they're not thinking and they just turn around after every shot and they're just looking at me like, how does this work so well? I'm like, look, I'm just getting you out of your own way, dude. Craig, have you developed? Yeah, would, oh, go on, man. Go on. I was, uh, man, it was a lot of pressure with the much time that I was using before I swing the club. And when I changed that, man, all that pressure went away. And, uh, I didn't have to worry about, oh, crap, my uh, cigar, I got to light it again when I'm done swinging because it took so long. <laughs> and uh, God, it's so much, uh, the pressure is just gone, just doing that. So, man, I couldn't agree with you more, Jeff. It's have you so developed a, a, a specific uh, pre-shot routine now, different from what you used uh, to have? Pretty much. I'm, I'm working on it, okay. yeah. Uh, those, I think some um, hands, hands on and having a, a pro with me uh I'm, I'm hoping that that'll help that build mm -hmm. that routine yeah but uh, I, i'm seeing some improvement mentally and also results of uh, where the ball's going yeah yeah and when when you don't care as much anymore or you it's not that you don't care you do care but you don't panic as much sure. anymore exactly before yeah. you know because it, it used to be and i did the same thing man you're because you're you're so worried about doing it correctly you get so uptight you can't do it correctly exactly yeah because you know john even that you you hit the nail on the head with that you keep using the word correctly right how about you know effectively but people think in terms of correct or incorrect because of what they've thought what they've heard what they've been told what what they've read Mm -hmm. What they've seen in the video someplace, like, okay, this is correct and that's incorrect, but yet it's got to be effective. Right. And let's, let's not confuse the two things. There's P 
people who say that, you know, for example, you cannot swing a club at a ball from a position where the club is across the line, so to speak, where the elbow's out, the club's across the the line up, up the top, and you can't do that. It's incorrect. Yet there are many successful, wealthy golfers who've done that. Mm-hmm. For a and living, yes. For a living. Mm-hmm. They've not done radio shows for a living. No. They've not done meat packing for a living. They've mm-hmm. not done automotive repair for a living. They've not done legal work for a living. You know, there's correct and incorrect in some instances, but there's also effective. And I just deal with the things that are effective and repeatable and powerful for that player. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that's the thing you got to understand too, because a lot of times we watch other people and we say, well, that must be the way I should do it because the way they did it worked well. But that's for them. It worked well. It's for them. What they did is effective for you. Maybe not so much. Right. And there's a lot of that where people are trying to get better, but they're making mistakes on how they learn because sometimes they're learning the wrong stuff because they think it's just the process. Mm-hmm. And it may not be. It may be flow. It may be just athleticism. I threw a bat into your hands, John, said swing this and hit this ball. You'd swing it and hit a ball. Now, granted, we also have to control where the ball goes. So now we're talking about angles, but at the same point, the, the free flowing motion was there to make contact. Unless it's a curveball. That's why I didn't play baseball in college. I couldn't hit a curveball. Sorry. So maybe we'll just put it on a T for you, John. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> right. And say, John, I don't care where it goes. John, I got it on this T. Uh-huh. Just step up and swing at it. And then you just get up there and do it. And you wouldn't be thinking about all kinds of stuff. Right. You're just in the athletic flow. And sometimes that athletic flow is what we just got to have. And so the thing that gets in the way of that is thinking. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you stink really quickly. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just yeah. just dawned on me that that many of us will prior to a round will you know get a bucket of balls and go out to the practice range and just start beating balls. We'll, we'll pull the driver out and just you know because we want to we want to uh, we want want to get our swing done. We want to groove our swing, right? So we may start with you know the wedges and work our way up to the driver. We may just pull the driver and smash balls or whatever, but you can find that you can hit them really well on the driving range. You get onto the course and you can't, you can't repeat any of those shots you had on the range. And it's basically because now one is the, the field is much narrower, you know, the other is that you start worrying about it. You start thinking about it. You know, that's a really, tough thing because when people start to worry about what's about to happen Mm -hmm. this is like a train wreck it's like watching a train wreck when we're standing there and i'm I'm with somebody and i can tell that they're all nervous about the shot maybe there's water up there maybe there's a bunker up there maybe there's trees up there maybe there's out of bounds and i can just see it and you can tell when people are worried about something you're like, okay, I'm about to watch a train wreck happen here <laughs> uh-huh. because you could see that they are just in their own way. Right. And they overthink they're stressed out. All they can do is just basically just fail at that moment. Mm-hmm. 
high expectations, high level of fear. They're worried about the outcome or looking like an idiot or whatever they, whatever their fear is, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. My late father-in-law, we were in Atlanta. There was a course, I think it was called Pebble Creek. Um, there was a, a par five that started out from the tee box. It had maybe the first 180 yards of the fairway was water. And my late father-in-law could never get his tee shot over that water. Mm. 180 yards. He was hitting him 250 on every other hole, but he came to that one and he was afraid of the water. He'd sit there sometimes and tin cup it. I mean, hit five, six shots trying to get over. I can do this. <laughs> Splash. Oh. You know, till this time we'd, we'd say, you know, John, just run back into the clubhouse, buy another dozen balls. We'll meet you on the green. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the mind is a terrible thing, isn't it? Isn't it though? Craig, man, we are so happy that uh, you reached out. So happy that it, that it helped you. Um, you know, if we can just, just touch one life every week, like we touched yours that particular week, then Jeff has done his job. Oh, well, I don't doubt that you guys both are doing that. And uh, sincerely appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you uh, letting us know about it and, and coming on and spending some time with us here with those weekend golf guys, man. And, you know, check in and let us know after uh, next season starts and uh, you're, you're improving. Let us know how it goes. Okay. I'll do that. You guys have a great day. You too, Craig. Thanks a lot, man. Craig Burden. Uh -huh. Thank you so much. Craig. Just make you feel good knowing that you can actually help, man. It does. Honestly, you know, yeah. to hear, this is the thing. A lot of the people that I work with, you know, they give me a lot of feedback like this and it's gratifying mm -hmm. to know that I've learned things in life and learned a way to share it with them so that somebody else can be made better by that information. And we can do that for you every week. If if you haven't uh, been listening for a while, thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Check it out. A lot of uh, episodes back there, and each one will be able to, uh, to help you a little bit get better at your golf. We've got more, and we will come back in just a few seconds and give it to you. Hang out. We are Those Weekend Golf Guys. If you're like me, you've been hearing a lot about burials and cremation lately. It's kind of a sad thought, but thousands of these poor souls have to be stored in these big refrigerator trucks, waiting sometimes weeks before they can be put to rest. And then, and then the average funeral cost is over 10 grand. I don't have that kind of money just lying around. Do you? Everyone has the right to die with dignity, and an affordable burial policy can be had for as little as a dollar a day. Call Final Expense Network for a free quote. They shop for affordable rates from brand name companies, folks you've heard of. One call and you get coverage to finish well. You can even name your church as a beneficiary. Come on, you have loved ones. Don't leave them at the last hour of their need. Call now, 800-589-0470. That's the Final Expense Network at 800-589-0470. Finish well. Make a quick call to 800-589-0470. 800-589-0470. And we are back with Weekend Golf Guys. I'm John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith, Timbergate Golf Course, Edinburgh, Indiana. want to thank Craig Burden again for, uh, for listening and for checking in and for um, taking it to heart, man. You know what? It's really fun 
to, to hear a, a guy say that about the mental aspect of the game. You know, I hear a lot about, you know, the physical aspect of when I show people this shot or that shot or this grip or that grip and right. what's going to happen to their golf ball and all this. But here's a guy who talked about shedding some of the nastiness that floats around in people's heads uh-huh. and how shedding some of that helped him. Actually, the term he used was changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's impressive Mm -hmm. to have something like that. Get rid of the negative stuff that floats, floats around in there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's left with, Hey, let's go do this. And bam, I'm going to hit it there. And it does. And it changes his life and he's happier about it. You know, play more golf. You play more golf. You play better golf. It works better. And you don't have to cheat to win uh, scrambles. That's the best part. You know what? The cheating to win a scramble thing is kind of fun if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna donate the money back. We always see that the big thing with us is is we all buy the mulligans, and then we just have such a hard time counting them or remembering. Did I use my two mulligans already? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. How how a simple foursome each with two mulligans can can have a mulligan on every hole. We're not quite sure how that works out, but eh, there should be more Rangers during a scramble time. Uh, we do have uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll have a big show on on uh, using scrambles to make more money, too, if you're in business for yourself or if you're in sales. Uh, so you want to be around for that. Um, check out. We've got a place right now called The Business Golf Course uh, on Facebook. You might want to check that out. Also, check out uh, our other group for uh, amateurs. It's the League of Extraordinarily Average Golfers. We have a lot of fun there. Thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Again, all of our episodes are archived there. You can catch anything, any topic. We've covered almost all of them. Uh, So you want to get better, just listen to a few. Listen to Jeff, pay attention, and stop thinking so much. Okay? Because thinking sticks. And you think, you stick. And check us out. Again, facebook.com slash golfguys or thoseweekendgolfguys.com. You're still on Twitter. Follow us at WKND Golf Guys and go out and hey, play some golf. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.